1: Opinions expressed on ACB Radio are those of the respective program contributors and do not necessarily reflect views held by the
2: American Council of the Blind, its elected officials, or its staff.
0: Everybody and welcome! Whoa, sorry about that. Headsets get in the way. It is uh, September twenty-nine, two thousand. Main menu: the first deaf-blind program. Twenty-one. I'll just keep talking. And <laughs> welcome to main menu. Welcome to the cacophony that was headset feedback. And uh, John and Larry Gasman here. I'm Larry Gasman, and I'm having my own main menu dilemma. I lost my my vaccine card and i'm working with the pharmacy they're, i have to they're going to text it to me and i have to screenshot it oh which i've never done before well that's another main menu topic that it we'll get to main menu topic, later yeah. yeah so i may not be with you for a few minutes while i get that done okay so. okay so but but we've got an exciting two hours i want to tell you that our normal main menu team uh is not all here jason is not here rick morin is not here answering he usually does hands and Jeff Bishop is not here. Jeff and Rick are at a board meeting, the ACB board meeting. Uh, and that is, uh, I think, already started. And so they'll be back with us next month. But in the meantime at the six o'clock hour we have the fine folks from wonder word and what is that well tune in and find out because it's all about audio gaming it's a subject that a lot of you guys know about i'm sure but they do some interesting things that i'm just learning about now so i can't wait to talk with them and there are three people who will be talking with us in the the nine o'clock hour east coast so second hour number two before that we're going to talk about the IRS. And the IRS, depending on whether you watched radio TV, you'll, you get all kinds of reactions when you say IRS. But the IRS for blind people is a fascinating subject. There are a lot of people who work for the IRS who are blind, and two of them are with us this evening. Uh, one of them is on our IAC, our uh, Information Access Committee, and she is Peggy Carpenter. And Diane Scazzi is here, and Diane is a host, normally, on all all kinds of ACB community programs. Tonight, she is not. Tonight, she is a presenter. Our host tonight is Chanel Allen, and Chanel's been probably almost everywhere I've been when I've streamed. And by the way, I'm streaming, so we've got it all covered. But first of all, in hour number one, to talk about the IRS, talk about how they can help you as a blind person, and much, much more, let me first welcome pe- both Peggy Carpenter and Diane Scazzi. Diane and Peggy, thanks so much for being with us on Main Menu.
1: Sure, sure. Um, I have to confess that Diane was sort of the impetus for this. Uh, we had some calls earlier in the year, and, and we talked about things we were going to do at our um, national convention this summer. And we talked about, you know, financial literacy and, you know, we did have some presentations at the convention about that, but, but, you know, one of the things Diane had brought up at one of the main menus was, you know, boy, as part of financial literacy, people better understand a little bit about taxes too. So, so that was the impetus for this. And, uh, since I also worked for IRS as Diane did, I volunteered to um, to assist her with this presentation.
0: How so, long How long did you work um, for the IRS?
1: I worked all thirty years uh-huh. of my career for the IRS in various different parts of the IRS, actually. But uh, and,
0: and, and for for both of you as a blind person, as blind people, how accessible were some of the things that you were asked to do when you worked for the IRS?
1: Um, um, I would say that the IRS, they they, they made a lot of effort, efforts good, to do good. it. They had an office um, that was just sort of in charge of getting you equipment um, that you needed, in, including, uh, you know, JAWS, um, uh, braille displays, braille printers, if you needed any of that. They were very good at providing that kind of thing. Diane, how about you?
3: Yes, well... Um- I worked for the IRS for um, a little over 30 years myself, but I started in 1978. uh, No, actually 1977 was when I had my training, but I was a seasonal employee for a while. And uh, the accessibility definitely improved as we went along. uh, From when I first started, there was hardly anything available available. As far as Braille publications, and when I left, we had access to everything through the agency's computer system. So it it was a a wonderful experience It improved as we went along. Yeah,
1: definitely. Um, And and one of the points we want to make in this presentation is, uh, you know, it's very easy to do a lot of IRS bashing because, you know, obviously nobody likes to pay taxes. Um, but we want to put the positive spin on this and say, what can IRS do for you? You know, so not to you, but for you, um, I'll just give a little intro in terms of, um, I think we've probably all heard a couple of famous quotes about taxes. Um, Benjamin Franklin, in his uh, rather unusual uh, way, uh, had said that um, uh, the only certainties in life are death and taxes. So (laughs) not the most pleasant uh, correlation there. Um, Another famous quote from Oliver Wendell Holmes, who was a Supreme Court justice, his quote says that taxes is what we pay for a civilized society. And obviously, I think that's fairly true. I mean we you know, if we want highways and schools and you know um, security and and all of those kinds of things that we all rely on, that's why we have to pay taxes. so anyway, um, that's just kind of a brief intro, and then i I thought I'd let Diane talk about what her career uh where she was in the irs with her career and then i'll talk about where i spent my 30 years
0: all right and then i did not mention that chanel will be back with us in in a little bit before we answer questions and she'll tell you how you can ask your questions so she is here and she will do that and we'll get there uh in in a little bit but i thought we would have both both you ladies chat first about your experiences with the irs so go ahead diane
3: okay thank you uh, larry i always confuse you with john but anyway um i i um got my training at arkansas enterprises for the blind which is now uh world services for the blind back in 1976 and uh so i started in as i said in 77 uh I, I was in, So I was in the uh, phone center. We had a, a call site in Detroit, and I was there for a long time as uh, a taxpayer service representative and taxpayer service specialist. I've also worked in collection and uh, worked with tax preparers, worked in a walk-in office, which are now called taxpayer assistance centers, so I had quite a, a varied career. I did classroom teaching and on-the-job training as well for much of my time with the agency.
1: And this is Peggy. I, um, I started working for the IRS in 1983, and I actually did not go through an Arkansas um, program for the IRS I had uh, taken some um, uh, some IT training and I contacted the at that point um, government agencies had um, what they called accepted service placement specialists and I contacted the one in Boston where I was living at the time and uh, talked to her about you know what I could possibly do and she asked me about my training and I mentioned that I' just taken like this intensive uh, IT training class. And so she said, oh, we're just starting up an IT department here. I'd like you to come in and interview. And I was very lucky. I got in kind of on the ground floor in the IT specialist area. I um, uh, served as, uh, did a lot of programming. I did uh, system administration for some mini computers that they had uh, and, and so forth. And I did that in Boston for two years, and then I relocated to the Washington, the National Office for IRS is in Washington. I relocated to Washington, and I got involved in some specialized projects. So I ended up working for some, uh, I worked for almost 20 years for the Internal Revenue Service Um chief counsel, which is the attorneys within the government that uh, if you really get in bad shape with the IRS, you might end up uh, dealing with them. Um, I also worked with the criminal investigation division of IRS, which again is an area that you hope you never end up having to deal with them. Uh, But um, I worked in their computer area as well and uh, finished out my career um, in the Information Technology Services uh, Division uh, back in IRS. So I moved around a fair amount, but uh, I enjoyed my time there, and it was always interesting. So what we thought we'd do in terms of the presentation is to first talk about things that IRS uh resources that IRS has that are available to all taxpayers or that you probably should know about if you don't already. So Diane's going to start us off.
3: Okay, thank you, Peggy. Uh, The first thing that I'm going to tell you about is the IRS website. And IRS, I think, has had a website since, probably since close to the beginning of the Internet. You know, they found they found it was a, a good way to make information available anytime people wanted it, instead of having to wait while the offices were open for people to call on the phone. Um, the URL of the IRS website is www.irs.gov, and um, when you When you uh, type in and click on that URL, you're going to be uh, taken to a home page, which is designed, I think, primarily for individual taxpayers. Um, You're going to find the information on how to check on your refund, uh, how options for paying taxes, uh, forms and publications, and Social media and different, uh, just a lot of different things. Um, the website, though, does contain a lot of other pages, such as for small businesses, for tax exempt organizations, for uh, tax return preparers, uh, charities, and government entities. And um, if you need to go to any of those pages, I, I would strongly suggest using the search engine, which is on the home page, to uh, find what you're looking f- for there. Um, there's also one of the important things that Peggy's going to be talking about later, there is an accessibility link toward the bottom of the page. And um, that's where you're going to find your information on the Alternative Media Center where a lot of the forms and publications that we can use are housed. Um, IRS still does have phone service. The Probably the uh, most used number is 1-800-TAX-FORM or 1-800-829-3676. They also have uh, a toll-free forms distribution center number that you can call if you want to order publications and forms, and that includes an alternative media. Um, And that number is 1-800-TAX-FORM, or 1-800-829-3676. Uh, There are several other toll-free numbers that people might call if they need them, such as one for small businesses, uh, one for the Taxpayer Advocate Service, which is an office that people can contact if they have issues that aren't resolving themselves through normal channels. Um, The... Many of the um, the phone number. I think the best source of phone numbers actually is in IRS to go, which is their phone app, which I will be discussing later. Um, They have IRS has quite a social media presence, including um, YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn and um, is it Instagram? what's the one uh, <laughs> huh? I think it's a I think it is instagram yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. so so they they do have uh, quite a large social media presence um, and uh the YouTube channel is growing all the time, and they have videos in several languages and it's very. Um, I've even seen a couple. I think with uh, with audio description, and you'll be able to tell. You know, when you look at them, whether they're ASL English, you know, audio described, it'll it'll tell you. Um, I think I'm. I think I'm turning it over to you at this yes, point. Yes, you
1: are, to, to talk <laughs> about filing your taxes, actually. Um, obviously, that's the thing we all like to do the least, but uh, it has to be done. And um, and if you're a good planner, you don't wait until April 15th to file, by the way. But uh, anyway, taxes are due on April 15th, generally, although the last couple of years they've given us a few extra days. Um. There are a couple of options. If you don't want to buy TurboTax and, or, or hire a professional to do your taxes, there is a service that IRS provides called FreeFile. And that is available to anyone who makes $72,000 or less annually. They are allowed to use FreeFile. Now, Diane and I will both tell you that we cannot verify uh, that all of the free file services available are 100% accessible. Because what IRS does is they do contract out the provision of free free file services. So uh, it, it if you select free file and go to their website, you will have some options of which provider to get your um software from to do the free file. And so it's different every year. They put out a, a, a contract every year to get um, companies that want to do it, including TurboTax and, you know, some other popular ones. So we really can't attest to the fact that they're all accessible, but I would I would say that IRS makes every effort to make sure that they are accessible. So So that's a good thing if you make less than $72,000 a year. If you make more than that, the free file software services aren't available to you. But if you do know how to do your taxes and can follow instructions, they do have fillable PDF forms for completing your taxes, which sort of do the math for you and, and, and things like that. So those are also available if you make more than um $72,000 um the other services which i would really like to talk about that are available and people may not know about is the irs has had for years a partnership uh, program called vita which is volunteer income tax assistance and what that is is um Volunteers, uh, a lot of times they're retired, perhaps CPAs or accountants or IRS employees or whatever, uh, and they volunteer during filing season to uh, help people prepare taxes. And normally, VITA is available to anyone that... uh, earns $57,000 or less, but it also is available to anyone with a disability. So if you have a disability and would like help completing your, your forms or your taxes, you can go to irs.gov or Diane will talk about IRS to go soon. Um, and you can look up the availability of VITA services in your area. The people that provide the services are trained by IRS. They have to complete uh, some training and be sort of certified by IRS. So they are people that know what they're doing. Um, And there's also a very similar service called TCE, which is Tax Counseling for the Elderly, Uh, Of course, none of us want to say that we're qualified for that, but that would be anyone over 60 is eligible for that. And these programs are generally sponsored by, uh, well, in the case of TCE, generally sponsored by places like AARP and um, other voluntary organizations like that that want to help out. And you can usually get a list of your location, of the locations near you. You can put in your zip code and you'll find out where they're offered near you. And a lot of times it's going to be at, at libraries, at churches, sometimes at shopping malls, uh, all kinds of locations. So those are two good resources to keep in mind when it's time to do your filing. And now I'm going to turn it back over to, to Diane to talk about
3: IRS to go. Okay. Thank you, um, Peggy. W- one thing that I would mention about VITA and TCE, I actually volunteered at a site the year I retired. And um, so I took their online courses that they used to certify the volunteers and they are quite limited, uh, uh, unfortunately, on what they can do and what they're certified in. So if you own a business or have rental property or uh, complicated capital gain and loss situations, you may may need to to seek professional assistance with that. So um, IRS2Go is a phone app. It's available in both... Uh, iOS and Android formats so you can download it from the appropriate store uh, either the uh, Apple the Itu- uh, the App Store if uh, you if you want it for iOS and the Google Play Store if you want it for Android. Um, There are if if you go into the site, and I can only uh, I can only say that I've had experience with the iOS version because I don't use Android. But the IRS website says that they are similar. So uh, the the iOS version has five tabs at the bottom of the screen, and the one that it defaults to. Usually when you first open the app is refunds. And basically it allows you to get information about the status of your refund, and you want to wait three weeks from when your return is accepted before you would use it. And it updates every 24 hours. So you don't really, it's not going to do you any good to check it more than once a day. Basically, what you do there is to enter your social security number, and it's divided, by the way, into three parts. Uh, you select your filing status, um, which are um, like five boxes at the close to the top of the uh, tax form, and enter the amount of refund shown on your return. And then you'll get a message as to whether or not the refund went out or if there's something that might require you to contact the agency. Um, Also on that refund page, the first tab, there is a refund. I mean, there is an accessibility button which gives the instructions for how to use it with a, a... with a keyboard or a braille display or anything else. Um, There also is a privacy notice, which will tell you that they use the information that you put into the site to answer your questions. Uh, The next tab is called payments. And so... It includes IRS Direct, which is a free, um, there's a free form that you can fill out and it will set up a payment that will be taken out of your bank account automatically. And you can use it for just about anything, any individual uh, type of payment that you need to make to the IRS. Uh, IRS direct again Uh, there's also on that page uh, a button that you can use to make your tax payments by debit or credit card and that particular thing is handled by by third parties so you're going to be charged a fee if you want to make your taxes payments by credit card or debit card. And I I was so glad when they came up when they finally allowed this because we used to get that question all the time in the call site if people could use a credit card, and for the longest time, they couldn't. So now it's uh, available. There is also a button For the IRS payment website, which will give you further information and other options for paying your taxes, such as setting up an installment agreement or what they call an offer in compromise, where they're basically writing off some of what you owe and allowing you to pay the rest. Um, The next item on the, this is the third tab, is the, um, it's called Free Tax Help. And it gives links to the IRS Free File page um, and the Free Tax Help site locator, which when you go in there, you can either, Check using your address, your location, if you have enabled or allowed your phone to use your location. Or you can uh, put in your zip code or look on a map. Everything um, seems to be quite accessible. I think I must have given my phone permission to use the app because everything that I got when I went in there was pretty close to me here in the Detroit area um also uh so there's the vida uh TCE site locator and there's a AARP tax aid site locator i didn't see any of those i didn't see any of those i didn't see much on any of those i i suspect that they will be they will have more information once the filing status is. Once, not filing status, once the filing season starts. Um, the next tab is called Connect. Um, and the page is labeled Stay Connected. Uh, and it contains buttons to the Twitter and YouTube pages. You can also subscribe to Tax Tips. So you go in there, give them your email address, and then every weekday, you'll get a tax tip. It might be a COVID tax tip, might be a video tax tip, it might just be a regular tax tip, but you'll get something in your inbox every day that uh, they think is important for you to know about. Uh, next item is the Contact Us button. And it gives a toll free number for deaf and hard of hearing. That's the first thing you'll see. Um, there is an uh, online tools button, which will take you, seems to take you to the home page. And it, it shows a lot of the things that we already talked about, like the um, information on paying your taxes, on social media, and so forth. Um, then there's a phone number page. That button will give you, uh, many of the phone numbers will have a description of the services they provide. There will be a button that you can double tap to get those descriptions and they also give you a they also give their office hours and they're typically from 7 a.m. to 7 p.m. in your time zone monday through friday each phone number if you double tap where it says phone number it has a link where you can actually double-tap it, and it will call the number automatically, and it also has a cancel button. I think that's pretty typical. I've seen that on other sites before, you know, when I've used my iPhone. So it's just like that. Uh, Then the last item is security, and that's a button where you can – Um, get into your, you can set up a security, you can set up an account with the IRS where several types of information are available. And um, one thing I would say about that account once you set it up, well, it'll take you to a page where you will get instructions on what you need to set up the account because you need to provide them like a partial credit card number you need to, and you need to give them a number where you can get a verification code. A lot of a lot of websites are going to this two step verification now, and IRS is one of them. Um. Okay, looks like. Looks like I'm supposed to talk about IRS tax assistant here, too, Peg, or were you supposed to come in?
1: Um, do we want to do that? or Was there
3: something that, that came before that? That's how I have it in my notes. No, that's fine. You can talk about that now. Okay. Um, the IRS tax assistant, it's ITA for short, they have a direct website, which is irs.gov ITA. And this is a page where you can provide information and get answers to common tax questions. So when you go, you can either search for for a site through, they have a, a place where you can enter a search term, or you can um, go through the list of sites that they have, and they cover things like, filing requirements and exemptions and dependents and you know different credits that you might claim on an individual tax return so the when you go when you open a page it's going to tell you the information that you'll need right at the top in order to answer the questions and the questions are always they're often yes or no using radio buttons or picking an option out of a combo box. Sometimes you have to write in things and they'll give you edit boxes to do that. So you go through all of the questions and uh, a lot of the questions you'll, you'll probably find links that you can click on to get definitions of the words and phrases that they use because obviously they have to keep those questions uh, pretty brief. For example, if you go into the page that covers, do I have to file? It will ask you what your filing status is. And if you don't know what your filing status is, it will give you a link that will cross you over to the ITA page on filing status. And you'd have to answer those questions first and come up with an answer. And then it would return you to the page that you were working on called Do I Have to File. So it's, you know, it's it's a little complicated, but I think that they um, try to make it as easy, easy as possible. So you go through all the questions and then it gives you a response based on the information you've provided. And you can print that response and keep it for your records. It's only as good as the information you provide. I'm sure you've heard the expression "garbage in, garbage out." So you want to make sure that what you tell it is as accurate as possible. And uh, they also warn; they give a disclaimer on their answers that it's not considered um, it's not considered official for purposes, for example, of having a penalty waived. They they give a specific IRS code section, and and this this does not fall into the into the meaning of that code section. So you couldn't use the information you got there to try to get a penalty waived. Um,
1: yeah, I think it's a great tool for the toolbox, you know, as we like to say these days. It's right. it's another. Another great way to get some information, you know, to maybe put in some information about a circumstance that you have and try to find out, you know, what they say. And and you don't have to talk to anybody. Obviously, you can call the 800 number and ask your questions that way. But if you'd prefer to get more background before you do that or, or whatever, this is a great tool for that.
3: I think it's important to state here that, you know, over the past several years, the IRS's budget has been cut and they have had to channel the resources to what would bring in the most money, which is um, collection. So I I strongly urge you to use, learn how to use all these tools if you have the wherewithal to do it and if you're comfortable doing it because you can use these tools 24-7, whereas on the the, uh, telephone, You have to do it during business hours, and and there's no telling how long you might have to wait on the line because that service has been cut back also.
1: Yes, yes. But we really wanted to give everybody a flavor for all of the resources that are available to all taxpayers. And these things all are, and they're all, like we say, great tools for the toolbox. And, um, you know, if you don't want to pay H&R Block to do everything for you, you can certainly learn a lot about what you need to do and uh, different um, credits you may be eligible for or whatever by using these different tools.
0: And it's actually a good idea to do a little of both of those things because, for instance, I pay somebody to do mine, but I should really be looking at that website to know and get a feeling for what they're doing and what I might have to do if I decide to do it on my own. And In other words, not not... Too much right. knowledge is really of, yeah. is yeah. not a bad thing at all.
3: Not exactly. to scare anybody, but you are responsible for the taxes you put in on it, you send in, even if someone Correct. else prepares them.
0: Absolutely so true. Absolutely true. Yeah. Yes.
3: All right. The next thing we
1: wanted to talk upon uh, talk about briefly is that IRS does offer some things um, resources that are available. Uh, for the blind and disabled. Um, They have spent a lot of time and effort in developing um, something called the Alternative Media Center. And what that does is it's a place where you can go and look at forms or publications. And and forms, obviously, are the, the things you have to fill out. Publications are the sort of guide on how to fill them out. So they're sort of the instruction manuals and they can provide just a tremendous amount of information about different situations you may be in. There are some rather broad publications that talk a lot about sort of general stuff. And then there are some very, very specific publications as well. So the alternative media's mission, alternative media centers mission is to provide um, these forms and publications in a, in a accessible format for those of us using screen readers or other, you know, um, uh, braille displays or whatever, or any other adaptive equipment. They also talk a lot about um, things for people who uh, use voice input, like Dragon Dictate or something. Um, so the Alternative Media Center, which you can get to from irs.gov, has a list of forms and publications that are available in these alternative media formats. And what they generally offer are accessible PDFs, um, accessible HTML. They also have BRF files that you can download to read the publications, Um, print, obvious large print. And what they do offer as well is they do have a braille publication so if you're someone who really wants hard copy braille you can request it and they have a um they actually have an office in richmond virginia that is responsible for producing those materials in hard copy braille so you can request those um the uh The information is not every single pub that the IRS has or every single form, but it is the most commonly used. And so you'll really want to take a look at those and take advantage of downloading those uh, BRF files. If you have a Braille display, they do have the files also, like I say, in accessible PDF or text. Um, They have them available in large print. You could also request large print in hard copy from the IRS if you're a low vision person. Um, you do need to pre- make those requests in advance. They, they will take up, I think they suggest they need at least 15 business days to get that prepared for you. But it's a great resource and something that a lot of people don't know about. So definitely take a look at the Alternative Media Center on irs.gov and look at those forms and publications that are available.
3: They,
1: they also people, have EPUB forms Yeah, they do now. have EPUB on it for a lot of. So them you can well. use those maybe
3: on your phone. You know, you might be able right. to read them electronically on your phone. They do suggest
1: not trying to fill out um forms on your on your phone, but I'm sure that's just because of the. Well, one thing they're a little lengthy sometimes, but uh, anyway. The other service that they are now offering is to provide you notices. Now, notices are another thing that none of us want to get from IRS, but if they have a problem with something that you filed or whatever, they may send you a notice to uh, provide them more information. Now, again, always be aware that IRS isn't going to call you directly. They are not going to do that. So if you get a call from someone saying, you know, I'm calling from IRS and we're going to arrest you if you don't pay us You know, $400 in gift cards right now. Um, obviously, hang up on them. That's a scam. IRS is not going to contact you directly via phone unless you initiate that action. But they will send you a notice if they have a problem with something in your... Tr- and that's going to be a, a paper letter that they're going to send you. If you do get one of those... You can call and request that they send you that notice in braille or in large print. So you can request that, or they actually will provide you audio if you need that. Now, there is a, an accessibility help desk phone number that is probably useful to have. They can help you with the alternative media center or the accessible notices. And that phone number is 833. 833- 690 0598. And again, if you search that on irs.gov, if you search accessibility, you're going to find that number. So there's no need for everybody to write down all the numbers um, that you have. They also do state that they're going to um, put in place by January 31st of 2022. Some additional mechanisms to make um, it easier for people who want braille to get it, and I don't—they don't say too much about that. So I'm sure it's kind of a coming soon kind of thing. But uh, if you're interested in getting hard copy braille or whatever, or getting notices or whatever in braille, you may want to kind of um, watch that space again on IRS.gov. So those are kind of the things that are available for um, for people with disabilities or, or specifically for blind uh, individuals. And again, I think IRS has, has done a good job, um, you know, and they do more and more every year uh, to provide more Braille and large print resources as well as the uh, online resources for the Braille files or the... Uh, uh, downloadable text files or, or epubs and html and
3: all of those kinds of things so okay. should we take questions
0: excellent thank yes. you both that's that's terrific we will take questions chanel why don't you go through that process with us and we'll see what we oh, have great. in terms of questions
4: While I'm doing that, we do actually have one person with her hand up, Penny Moss. If you wish, though, to raise your hand on your computer, you will press Alt-Y, then unmute with Alt-A. No matter which system you're using, you will not have the option to unmute until I give you that permission. If you're on your Mac, you begin by raising your hand with Option-Y, then unmute with Command-Shift-A or via right to unmute. If you are calling in via iPhone... Your raise my hand button is in the middle of the screen, and then you will have an unmute button that you can flick right to. And finally, if you're using a telephone keypad, begin by raising your hand with um, star 9, and then you will be unmuted, and that'll be star 6. So, Penny, you may ask your question.
1: Uh, Yes, this is a great presentation, by the way. Um, One question I have is when you all oh, your tax returns. How often do you need to keep your past returns before you can discard them?
3: Okay, now we... How long do you need to keep them? You're, yeah, we, you,
1: we, you're looking I at like said, three years,
3: but we, we kind of agreed that, unfortunately, we're not that we weren't going to discuss... Tax-specific questions. <laughs>
5: specific
1: tax law. We've both been retired for a couple of years, a few years, so... Right. Um, Yeah. We want to talk more about the the process itself, but that would be a great question to go on um, to irs.gov and look look for that information.
0: I mean, I can tell you, I keep mine for four or five years and they say it's good to keep it for seven, but I'm not, I'm not, I don't work for the IRS, so I can say that.
3: Yeah. It depends on the kind of records you're talking about. Correct. Yeah. Exactly. Requirements for different records. So Yes.
4: All right, our next question comes from a phone number, first three digits, 505, ending in 638. You may unmute, and actually I believe you are unmuted. Yes,
3: that is me. I've been told that people on Social Security don't have to pay income tax on the regular Social Security, not SSI. But I don't understand because my daughter, is uh, she has a disability as well, and her boys do three of her boys do
1: too and they have to file income tax i don't
3: i to me that's I, again, confusing I, I would suggest that you um try to call in i i know that you you know use your phone for all these things and i would suggest that you call in for that because you know it, again it's going to depend on the circumstances and um you know talking yeah, with someone I, about I, it might help
1: I think it changes every year like there is a threshold I believe but you know that changes every year and Diane and I are not familiar with all the new the latest changes but I think if you make if it's social security income you have less than a certain amount
3: you may not have to yeah there's there's worksheets that you have to fill out to figure it out so I I would um you know suggest maybe that you would want to talk to someone
4: Okay, your next question comes from the phone number, area code 682, ending 597. You may unmute. Yes. this is Calandra uh, McCutcheon from Fort Worth. Um,
1: how often do we get our stimulus checks uh, from the uh,
5: government?
1: Okay, the stimulus checks um, were sent out by IRS, but they were determined by Congress. So Congress would determine if there would be any additional stimulus checks coming out. And IRS was was simply the mechanism for getting those checks distributed since they have contact with almost every um, adult American or whatever that files taxes. Um, they're frequently used to uh, do more than just collect taxes. So that was one example, but that would be totally dependent on the Congress.
4: Your next question comes from Travis Seidler. Okay. Um, I got a
3: question. Um, and actually uh, for uh, the, the person who mentioned uh, my name, Gil you know, Chanel or whoever um, it's Sittler, uh, just FYI. So, uh, but anyway, I'm not here to talk about that, but um, I got a question actually for those who work in the, irs um hope this is okay um if any time there's like ever a government shutdown how does it impact irs employees is my big
1: okay irs employees are obviously government employees so if there is a shutdown irs employees are instructed not to report for work and they are told that they will not be paid for that time so um generally you in recent years you had to go the day before the shutdown you would have to sign something saying that you understood that you were not to report to work and that you would not be getting paid now subsequently to most shutdowns at least in the last 30 years or 35 years that i know about congress has voted to pay well, to pay government employees employees. who were impacted by shutdowns. So they got paid retroactively. But it was was a bad situation for a lot of people. Um, I think it was in 2014, was it, that they were out for something like five weeks? And so people, you know, missed mortgage payments and things because they did not get paid.
3: Yeah, we are definitely not considered essential employees. (laughs) I know that, uh, you know, a lot of agencies that have essential employees, those folks kept working even during a shutdown, but we were not in that category.
1: And actually, I believe that most essential employees uh, are required to work, but they do not get paid. They don't get paid.
4: Yeah.
1: Yeah. That's so fun.
4: That's how that works. Okay. You have no other raised hands at this time.
1: Well, I had one other topic I thought I'd mention to people, and that is that um, historically IRS has done a good job at hiring people with disabilities. Um, They were one of the first large agencies to really kind of um, come up with a plan for hiring the visually impaired. Um, They started a partnership with, as Diane said, what was then Arkansas Enterprises for the Blind, They started that partnership back in 1967, which was pretty early for um, a lot of hiring of the disabled. And they had a program for what they called the Taxpayer Service Representatives. Um, And those are the people that would normally answer phone calls back in those days and and help you out with uh, questions that you had. Um, Subsequent to that, they did branch out to... um, To uh, also customer service reps, which were people that also handled collection issues. Like if you had to pay and you were sent uh, information about that, you could call them to talk to them. So those were two big programs that the IRS started with the um, uh, World Services for the Blind uh, group. Back in 1980, they also started a program to uh, hire. Uh, programmers. And so in Arkansas, people would be trained to program in different language, languages, computer languages that were learned uh, used in IRS. And then they would generally get hired by IRS. And, and many of those folks were very successful with IRS. They, they worked their way up uh, and became managers and, and you know, uh, well up into the career ladder. Uh, with IRS. And so that was a great career opportunity. In the late 80s, they also started a program with uh, World Services for the Blind to um, train and then hire uh, uh, information technology specialists. So people that like help people out with their PCs or their um, laptops and things like that. So historically, IRS has done a good job at hiring um, people with visual impairments or other disabilities. And uh, I, I know that I, having spent 30 years there, would say that they were a good employer for me. So, you know, um, I think it's a career that people could think about. And obviously, uh, they have been hurt in the last few years with some budget cuts and probably haven't done as much hiring.
3: They but are now though
1: Yeah, I understand they are now about to staff up. So mm-hmm. if you're interested in that kind of path, it's it's a great opportunity.
3: And you, you probably should go to USAJobs.gov yes. and you know, see what's out there. And 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 they have been uh I mean they have been branching out as far as promoting people and so forth. Um you know, encouraging people to apply for promotions and and things like that. It it, it has gotten so much better since the technology has improved. Are they mostly yeah.
0: are they mostly open now? I know that Social Security, in some instances, are it's difficult to get appointments in offices.
1: A lot of people are still working from home. Uh-huh. Okay. Uh huh. Okay. I understood that some people were at least in the Washington area. I know a
3: lot of them were planning to go back October 1st, but may not now who knows. (laughs) I I forgot to mention local offices too. And it it looks like looking on the website that some of those are, are open, but you have to go in by appointment. And so if you want to visit a particular office again, that's in IRS to go, there's a button to contact your local office and, um, you know, you you can get the address and the phone number to set up an appointment, and they tell you what you need to bring in for your appointments and so forth. So there is still some walk-in assistance. Again, it, it has decreased, uh, I think, over the years, but and it is strictly by appointment, which might be better for a lot of people. We used to have long lines in our office when I worked there, and sometimes people never got in before the end of the day. So um you know that that is an option you know going in for but they only handle certain things so you need to know what you can do. Each office will have different services that they offer And so. we really want
1: to thank you for your time and um, hope that we've given you a little information about IRS and hope that we can point you in the direction of um, reading about some, some some information about IRS and about your taxes and, and get some accessible media if you'd like it and, um, and all that. And, you know, be sure to, uh, to give it a go and look at, at, and as Diane says, IRS to go is a great little app to download and explore.
0: Thank you, Peggy. Thank you, Diane, for a terrific, fascinating hour. Learned a lot, and there's a lot of stuff on that site that I probably haven't taken advantage of, so I, I will. I'm sure that a lot of those documents are PDF documents, and they'll read just fine. Yes, yes. And yeah, I they, will do they that. Yeah, they
3: tag their stuff pretty well. Oh, do they? Good. And, good. and their HTML is always, well, you know, the headings are mm-hmm. good, and
0: Yeah. Excellent. Well We thank you both for being with us. It's been a terrific hour, and uh, we enjoyed the hour, and we got great, great reaction from a lot of the people who were here in the Zoom room with us, and thank you again for being on Main Menu. Sure.
3: Thank you for having us.
0: Thanks. You're welcome. Main Menu will continue next uh, next month uh, we don't have it fully organized yet we're still working on that but Eric Damery will be here on the 27th of October to talk about JAWS and ZoomText and and Fusion as well as 2022 version is near its release at that point in time so join us then and the next hour is a fascinating hour I know because I looked at the website I didn't know a lot about the product uh, and I'm I'm fascinated by by this. I don't know a lot about audio gaming, but they've added an interesting little twist to it as well and I want to welcome three people to come and talk about it. Nick Saka is the uh, is the evangelist he says. That's his title, which must draw interesting comments from people knowing that he's an a gaming inv- evangelist, etc. for for the group that is known as Wanderword and we'll find out more about that. So stay tuned. Also, well, this is Adrian Shipley and also Liam Irvin. So three people to talk about WanderWord. And I guess uh, the first thing we need to ask is what is it and how did you get that title? So uh,
2: this is Nick. And uh, that title is uh, pretty predominant around the uh, the tech industry. Uh, a lot of uh, businesses do have evangelists that'll go out and sort of preach to uh, to people and uh, and let them know about what's going on in their industries and and uh, and how they can make an impact and what are some fun and cool things to do. Yeah, I mean, so that, I wasn't me. worried as
0: much about evangelists because I know that I've heard that it was the wander word that I was interested oh. in. But that's okay <laughs> if you've got more good stuff on evangelists, we'll take it. So so for me it was almost
2: like a dream come true because uh uh Wonderword is a company out of Sweden and we have about 30 employees and w- they're actually located out of Bolden Sweden which is uh about 10 miles away from the uh, Arctic Circle so they get to see the aurora borealis in its true form and um there's a lot of cool stuff that goes on up there so great company and um So, I started with them about five months ago, and they, uh, they design interactive audio entertainment. Now, what this is, is it's accessible through your Amazon Alexa devices. And please, if you have any of those, uh, go ahead and, uh, put those on mute now because we may trigger them throughout the, uh, throughout the presentation. But, um, uh, they design them for that. They also design them for Google Assistant as well. And we are going to be breaking into the mobile app market, uh, also. Now, the beautiful thing about voice gaming is that everyone is on an even playing field. So it's not just for those that are visually impaired or, or, or whatnot. Everybody who is, uh, takes part, gets the same experience from start to finish, which is great because uh, it just opens up a whole new world for people. Uh, We have about five IPs that we're really uh, proud of, and that list is continuing to grow. It's probably going to be up to about 10 by the end of this year. And we've also started a website called Poptel, and it's Poptel.com poptal and Poptel.com features a, an entire catalog and news and information about these, uh, these uh, games that you can play, which are interactive audio. And that's how I came across meeting Liam and also my counterpart, Adrian, who is uh, across the pond in Sweden. And um, so uh, at this time, I'd like to hand the uh, mic off to Adrian so he can go ahead and give you a quick introduction to him and his position at WonderWord as the community manager.
6: Hello. First of all, I would just like to say uh, thank you for the the opportunity to speak on Main Menu this evening for you all and for me over here in Sweden for this morning. It's currently 3am for me, just outside of the Arctic Circle. Um, a little quick introduction about myself. I have been working in the um, the overall gaming industry as well as the podcast and audio space for a few years now, both in the UK and in Sweden. And the great thing that we do at Wonder Word is that we combine these two elements into a new form of entertainment. And it's a, a great form of entertainment that's being picked up now by quite a lot of people. You can see Sony Pictures, you know, everybody loves Jeopardy. They've now brought that as a, an interactive audio entertainment that you can play. And uh, many other titles that that people are aware of from TV, like Are You Smarter Than a Fifth Grader, which have, have now been brought to this industry. So it's a, it, it's a great thing to talk about. I'm, I'm looking forward to this hour. And um, yes, that's a, a quick introduction to myself.
2: And uh, a man who needs no introduction, Liam, if you can go ahead and uh, introduce yourself, uh, I would appreciate that. Hi, everyone. I am Liam Irvin, and I'm actually pretty well-known in the
7: blind community for making audio games. Um, I've made a little game called Super Liam, which is very popular uh, in the audio games industry. It is the first ever platformer for the blind. Uh, I've also been a presenter on ACB Radio Interactive as well is featured on many podcasts. And uh, I recently got... I, I, I've been um, with the company uh, very, I mean, very informally, uh, but uh, I've done work for them over the last year streaming. Uh, it's another thing I do is I stream games on YouTube and share audio games with a large audience. And I'm very excited to be a part of this process. And my job over here is to do what we call Poptail Weekly, where I stream games and we pick games from the Poptail catalog and from other games all over the ecosystem. And I review them, I talk about them, we we play them together and uh, it is actually very fun. And I'm truly honored to be on Main Menu after about 18 years away. Um, I was actually interviewed when I was still in high school. So it is kind of amazing how the generations have changed, but uh, Main Menu is still here.
2: Thank you very much, Liam, for that uh, quick introduction. And uh, I also want to express my thanks for uh, being a guest on Main Menu. Uh, it is an honor to be a part of this uh, this meeting and to uh, and to be here speaking with you tonight. So one of the things that I wanted to say is that <clears throat> it's very important that we get out there and we reach everyone with uh, with uh, with these games and we let them know that they exist. And because these games are very important, they require uh, you know all, they're good for relaxation. And overall, we need, we want to grow this community and we want it to thrive. And we know and we understand the benefit that this could have to the visually impaired community. And what we're going to do is we're going to talk a little bit about some of the games that we have developed. Now, the biggest one and the first one on our list is, um, Starfinder. Now, if anybody's played tabletop role-playing games like Dungeons and Dragons or uh, Pathfinder, they know a little bit about Starfinder. It's essentially like the outer space version of that, and it's made by a company called Paizo. And in in conjunction with Wonderword, uh, we are now the custodial body for the Starfinder Alexa skill. So. What I wanted to do was to uh, talk a little bit about that at first and see if uh, Liam could go ahead and play the demo that he had pre-recorded for it.
7: I do I have a very quick demo for you guys. It's a couple minutes in length, and this demo takes you through the intro of the game gives you a couple choices to shape your character and it is a really good barometer of just how excellent the audio quality is as far as the production value goes and anybody that listens to acb treasure trove is going to be probably enjoy this because if you listen to treasure trove you enjoy those old radio shows well this is like a radio drama but the cool thing about this radio drama is your choices will actually shape the outcome So I'm going to roll this really quick and uh, sit back and
8: enjoy some space. Starfinder.
5: You know, I don't think these guys like us very much.
8: Your best friend, Raya Danviri, crouches next to you behind a large metal crate in one of the many dark alleys of the Spike. Salon station's gritty underbelly. From across the street, a pack of small-time gangsters blasts away at you, their aim as wild as their outfits. The thugs ambushed you after taking issue with the informal security services you've been providing in your neighborhood. Seem intent on removing you from their turf by any means. Raya looks to you.
4: Okay, so I'm an academic, not a mercenary. What's our
1: play? Let's pick your character. Are you someone who solves problems with force? Or do you look for creative solutions? Let's pick your character.
7: Oh, my apologies. We forgot to clip the first part with force? of this.
1: Or do you look um, for creative solutions? There
7: we go. Creative solutions.
1: Okay. Do you use your charismatic personality to talk your way out? Or do you have magical
8: powers?
7: Charismatic Personality
8: Raya notices your smile and eyes you nervously.
5: Oh no, you've got that look.
8: You raise your hands and surrender and step confidently out from cover. The startled thugs hold their fire. Head high, you walk directly toward the gray-skinned half-orc who seems to be leading this crew. You politely identify yourself as Lieutenant Navasi of Absalom Station Security, Undercover Division. You were down here as part of a sting on a much larger gang, but since they insist on making themselves a nuisance, the gangsters look nervously at each other. Raya's telepathic voice pops into your head.
5: Okay, now I get it. Hold on, I've got just the spell.
8: At the far end of the alley, the telltale flashing lights of station security suddenly dance through the air, the sounds of sirens and shouts echoing off the walls. That does it. The gangsters panic, fleeing the other way down the alley. When they're gone, Raya emerges and strolls up beside you.
5: I can't believe that worked. You, a former pirate, as station security? <laughs> Please. Now, come on, let's get out of here before they realize those sirens are just an illusion spell.
7: And there you have
2: it, Starfinder in all of its glory. Thanks a bunch, Liam, for that, uh, for that demo. That was awesome. <clears throat> so, essentially, as you can see, the, uh, this skill has over 907 reviews on the Amazon Skill Store. Which is essentially the voice app store for your Amazon Echo devices. Now, this one's exclusively for Amazon Alexa, but the beauty of it is you can play it anywhere. So, if you are uh, driving in a car or just sitting on your couch, it you can play it with your mobile phone or in front of a smart speaker. It's, so it's. it's really, I was going to
7: say it's it's great on a bus or in an Uber. Um, I mean, obviously if if you're commuting somewhere, um, I don't, you know, I mean, wherever you're going, it's, you can take it on your phone with you, obviously in your house. Um, so many, so many places you could play it. Probably good to alert
0: the driver of your Uber though, that you're going to be talking to an inanimate (laughs) object.
2: (laughs) Yeah, I've had that happen a couple of times. Uh, you know, I like, will neither confirm
7: will...
0: nor deny
7: uh, that that has ever happened to me.
0: My biggest uh, issue is that I, I've got so much stuff going on. I would never get anything done. I would be I know, so right? addicted to this.
7: <laughs> yep. And the cool it... thing about Starfinder, I mean, not that I guess if you got a lot to do, maybe you don't want to hear this. Um, but there's six <laughs> episodes out, and each that was the part of the tutorial episode, which is shorter. But each episode is an hour to an hour and a half. In wow! The week, so they're like full time radio dramas and um a lot of really cool for those that do a lot with audible um a lot of really cool people from audible did some work um very big in the voiceover industry yeah. laura bailey is in this and a lot of people may not know who that is but anybody that is into a lot of uh, anime or video games she's like a rock star in that industry so it, it, it has a lot them. of big name voices
2: yep Nathan Fillion's another one from yeah I Fire think he's the
7: um, he's also the uh, narrator uh, yeah. if I, I remember correctly but a lot yeah. of a lot of big name talent in this and uh, you know very very cool skills so I would highly recommend that you check that out and, and you know I mean it's a lot of fun and
8: Yeah.
7: now now yeah. we know Larry uh, has uh, much much uh,
0: you know he's gonna have a lot more to do because oh my gosh we know what he's yeah. gonna be doing uh, we just won't but sleep player. that's all I can say I, I won't I won't sleep
2: <laughs> yeah, but Larry, here's the thing: you always got to carve out a little portion for uh, for relaxation. And, I do. Uh, time. So, I do. You know, yeah, you know, make this a little a uh, little portion of that. The beautiful thing is, is that there are thousands of these. Uh, the Amazon Skill Store uh, broke over a hundred thousand interactive voice applications. So you know, there is a there is a huge community out there. Um, that is just waiting to be explored. For and, sure. Uh, and, and Adrian, do you have anything to uh, say in regards to Starfinder?
6: No, I, uh, I think you both have covered it quite well. It's, you know, as you both mentioned, there are some very big names in here and it's, uh, it's a great example of the the attention and the, the popularity that the space is receiving quite at the moment.
7: I tend to refer to it as, um, and, and obviously I think this is, biased a little bit but i when i when i talk to people about these skills i tend to refer to it as the gold standard of interactive audio entertainment yep and i I really think that that is very accurate and and even people that i talk to will tell me they're like this is so cool um and and so many i think so many people out there and obviously larry was was surprised and i think many of you too will be surprised that this stuff exists because a lot of people go well i can check my my weather and my sports scores, and but
2: I can—I I didn't know I could play games on this thing. Yeah, and that's a, and that's another big problem that we have in the uh, the voice community as a whole is brand awareness, and we want to make sure that everybody knows that there are these different these different genres that you can play. Whereas Starfinder is this futuristic outer space um, radio drama. Yeah. Wonder Word has also created a a, a a good counterbalance to that with the Cursed Painting, which has you going around and uh, playing a role-playing game in a medieval time setting, fighting monsters and all these different uh, different creatures. And It's actually where I got it, my start with Wonder Word. Um, I yeah. streamed it for Wonder Word, and they were like, hey,
7: can you stream more stuff? Um, <laughs> cursed Painting yep. is where I got my start. That's so right I yeah. got my really cool Wonder Word shirt uh, <laughs> that I, I wear all the time. But no, I mean, it, it was really cool. And honestly, I had never played anything like it before. I was really amazed and impressed with what they put together. And it it's an older skill. Um, there's several expansions for it. And it is uh, completely free to play. So, I mean, obviously, don't do it right now. But uh, when when you know, you're know you done listening to this uh, you know show, whether it's on the ACB Media skill or
2: wherever, uh, ask your smart speaker to play it. Yeah, and the cool thing about it is, too, especially the Cursed Painting, they have over 13 hours of audio content. So there is a lot to explore in this game. I mean, just uh, the, the like Liam said, there's five different expansions for yeah. it. it. It's almost as if it's its own little universe. I haven't and, explored it uh, all either. I've still got like, a lot to dig into. So, I mean. Yeah. It, it's interesting. So if you're into medieval stuff, if you're into swords, spells, potions, this is definitely yeah. up your alley. And I know uh, a lot of people
7: – oh, I'm, I'm sorry, Nick. I didn't mean to cut you off. Oh, sorry.
2: no, I was going to – I cut them off dad. all the
7: time. That's that's normal. No, go ahead. Go ahead. You go. Um, I was going to say Um, another thing too, and I talk to a lot of, of people that are really into true crime stuff, and uh, we've we've got something for them, don't we?
2: Yeah, we do. As a matter of fact, we have a skill that is loosely based on the – Loosely based on the events that took place at the 1893 World's Fair involving H.H. Holmes. So you are on a uh, essentially a rescue mission, and you are trying to find your sister. Now, your sister actually got a job at this hotel, and it just so happens to be owned by H.H. Holmes. So now what your job is to do is to uh, essentially find your sister and rescue her and you've got to go through these different chapters these different puzzles there's two modes but it's definitely adult oriented and adult themed yeah we, we were gonna bring uh, we were gonna
7: bring experience. a uh, thing with us but it was too hot for radio so yeah. um <laughs> at least you know, that's, the, that's the excuse I make. But no, it but, is a really cool thing, and if you love true crime, and it actually is based on a real um, serial killer, as mor- as morbid as that sounds, um, yeah, it actually was America's first. First, serial yeah, killer. and it was here yeah. in Chicago. So mm-hmm. I, I'm not that I'm going to go to 63rd and Wallace and go find them, but um, it is it is you know it's based on Chicago, and it's if you're somebody that enjoys that sort of like you know. 1800s history enjoys that sort of thing. I think it's right up your alley. Uh, obviously, probably not for the little ones, um, but you know, I w- it's something that I would definitely suggest playing if you enjoy things like I, I would say, like I-, I say, forensic files, and I say it loosely, but if you enjoy history, if you're somebody that's into that and really into cool history, um, and
2: maybe a little dark history, um, something like well, that. I-, I think you could even go back to forensic files on that, but yeah, I want to cut. I want to touch real quick um, there. It's actually a post office now, I guess the place. Yes. Yeah. I think it is. is. That's what office. I heard. It's most re- it's Well, like, most recently it was know. a post
7: office. I don't know what it is right now.
2: Yeah. Um, but if, if somebody will pay
7: for my Uber, I'll go check it out.
2: <laughs> Any we might have to have you on location, but, um, yeah. but no, uh, essentially um, there are Easter eggs throughout this throughout this game that you can unlock and you can learn more about the history and more about the actual story of what took place just by stumbling upon something. So you may be, uh, you know, in your train car and you look down and you have a choice and it's like, there's something over here or do you want to do this? And if you select that, then you unlock one of the Easter eggs that you can continuously go back and revisit in order to yeah. refresh yourself with the material and the skill. And then one it's thing really, that really, Nick good.
7: mentioned, which it bears mentioning is there's two different modes. And one of them is a story mode, which more there's more narrative. So if you like a story, uh, you, you want to make choices, but you're not really interested in solving puzzles. You can do that. Um, the other mode is a puzzle mode, which is less narrative based and more based on solving puzzles, whether it's finding a door or matching. I think there's like matching stuff. like But all these different puzzles. And the interesting thing about the puzzles is they can have negative con- uh, consequences. So you can actually lose at these puzzles. So there's a little more stress on you to do well. But they're all, I mean, whatever mode you play, it's really cool. And it's, the cool thing is it's narration- coupled with uh sound design so it's not like just reading an audiobook but it's like yeah. if your audiobook came alive and then you could talk to your audiobook
2: and and you know what Liam you bring up a good point there and uh and and Adrian could probably speak a little bit more to this but uh we have our own in-house studio called Polar Night Studio and they actually design a lot of that so if it is a um if it's background music or if it's some sort a sort of sound effect that, you know, that um, we go to them for that. Adrian, do you have anything more to add on Polar Night Studio? Um,
6: I think you've really touched upon it all there. It's a, it's a small studio based here in Buden in the north of Sweden, just outside the Arctic Circle. Um, these skills that we create that you can not only play on your Alexa smart device, but as well as through your mobile phones and through your PCs uh, are all created in-house with you know high quality audio, high quality recordings, and they're a, they're a great team.
7: And we have some recent stuff too, don't
2: we? Uh, yes, uh, we do have some recent stuff. But and it we're kind of down- flips... I was going to, oh, no, no, sorry, Nick, again. One more thing thing I wanted to say about this was that all of these skills create a certain atmosphere, a certain ambiance. And the only thing you really need to know is the invocation word. So if you're in front of your uh, A-Lady device or your Google Assistant and you say open Escape 63rd or talk to Escape 63rd, it the the voice or the uh, voice application will open up for you, and the same with the cursed painting and also Star Starfinder. Starfinder as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, Liam, I think you were gonna uh, talk um, or bring up our educational skills.
7: So obviously, we're gonna completely flip things around. We were just talking about a more adult-oriented skill, uh, and we're gonna kind of just <laughs> flip it, but. Uh, we've also created two skills that are aimed for kids. And I bring this up because this is really good for whether or not you're an educator or a parent or a grandparent or, you know, maybe a, a brother or sister or anything, aunt, uncle, what have you. Um, we've created a couple skills that are kid friendly and they teach math. And we have two skills. We have Tales of Sasha, which is based on a book series, which I actually have not read and shame on me. I should probably go find it and read it. Um, and we also have Mathcaster and Tales of Sasha is, I would say, more for um, for girls, maybe. I mean, if you like unicorns, there's nothing wrong with that. Um, but I would say it's it's geared more for, for girls. Uh, Mathcaster, I would say maybe geared more for boys or really anybody. I mean, honestly... Um, but uh, I, brought a, uh, I brought a sample of uh, Tales of Sasha, and uh, one of the cool things about this game is it helps build math skills in a fun and engaging way. And I know I talk to a lot of blind parents, and I talk to a lot of educators, and one of the things they always say to me is, Liam, I don't have ways to interact with my kids. I don't have ways to kind of like play games with them or do things with them that is going to like you know kind of bond us or or, you know get us to do things together um so these might be you know really good skills in order to have some fun with so uh this is a quick sample it's a very quick one of uh, tales of sasha this is the tree what is it the large tree and it's for multiplication so all the questions this actually short one i think there's like two questions uh they're all multiplication but you'll see where the game actually tries to engage and uh, give you something fun to enjoy. And actually, I enjoyed playing this. I'll admit, I'm 36 years old and I would go play it again. So uh, here you go.
5: Let's go to the big trees. The animals are holding a talent show. You and Sasha decide to go see the acts. A stage has been set up with curtains made out of vines. Fireflies are sitting on the vines to light up the stage. There are currently four fireflies sitting on the right side. And there are twice as many on the left side. How many fireflies are there on the left? To get your answer, add four with four.
7: Eight. Awesome!
5: Four times two is eight. Woo! Yeah! The first act is a group of bear cubs that juggle with sticks. They are juggling really well. They must have practiced a lot. Each bear juggles with two sticks and there are five bears. How many sticks do they have in total? Six. Great job. <laughs> Five times two is Oh, escape. no. Did I say six? I did. The bear cubs take Sorry, a bow guys. and exit the stage. <laughs> Next up comes a group of flamingos that balance on a tightrope. There are three flamingos. Suddenly, a group of hummingbirds fly in and start balancing on the flamingos. There are three flamingos, and there are two hummingbirds on each flamingo. How many hummingbirds are there in total?
7: And that's where the six should be. I'll have to
0: admit something after this demo it's so embarrassing
5: <laughs> 3 times 2 is 6
0: Looks like you're going to have to invent a new game
7: yeah, No, I, I'll tell you exactly what happened I'll, I'll give away a little uh, production secret here
6: Okay
5: Despite its small size the hummingbird's weight was enough to break the title You and Sasha have a front row seat so your manes get covered in feathers That was the end of the talent show you return to Verdant Valley.
7: When um, I recorded these, we had uh, a lawnmower outside, and so I actually recorded the the game and then dropped in my voice later. And uh, <laughs> I forgot to put the six where it was supposed to go. So um, the the moral of the story is: record things when there's not lawnmowers around. So that you don't have to do things separately, (laughs) Um, but I actually did say the correct number. I I I actually did say I think it was ten. I really I promise you I am actually good at math. Um, (laughs) But it is a really good example of I mean my flub aside, like how the game works. That that is really embarrassing. I'm never gonna.
0: I was trying to figure out why he applauded you for giving a (laughs) wrong answer. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know I think that's isn't that that's new math.
2: It must be. um, It must be that's
7: the new math for that's the new math. no but uh yeah no i mean it it actually did work and i i am a little embarrassed i apologize i i'm gonna get i'm gonna get it so bad when this is over um but it, it is a really fun skill and actually i mean even as an adult not that i'm gonna sit and play for hours um it was kind of cute i and i like cute sometimes i think we need a little cute in our lives um and i think it's great for kids i think if you've got kids um you know i'd love to hear how you get on with it and you know Would love to know uh, how it works for you. So uh, it might be a
2: cool. Well, you know, one of the things that I wanted to pull out uh, or bring up is that we actually sat down and interviewed a gentleman from New York. His name was Angel. And Angel told us that he must have played Mathcaster, which is our other skill that is similar to Tells a Sasha. And he must have played it for. He said a couple months and and we looked at some of the data and and yeah like the, there was huge spikes where, where he was at. And he said he, yeah. he loved it and one of the things that he liked about it or he wish he wish he had had these sort of interactive games as he was growing up through um through uh through childhood and to help learn Uh, mathematics and it is a great thing
7: i think if you've got i mean even if you're somebody like who's older and want to work on your numbers it's a fun no stress way to do it i mean it's very (laughs) down to earth and kid friendly and i mean in some ways adult friendly too because it's it's not going to yell at you and say you got the wrong
2: answer i mean it it, you know it should have for me but that was my my fault here's something I want to try to uh, get Adrian in on, cause he knows a little bit more about this than I do. Adrian, can you talk about the uh, actual algorithm that's involved there for like big numbers, small numbers and, and, you know, uh, y- increasing over, over a time period, uh, you know, the mathematic levels.
6: Yes. Happily. Now I'm i uh, I'm not a technically minded person in the team, but I've got a, a good understanding of this. Um, so, as you'd have with like most common textbooks that people would use on a day by day basis. They're very, they're very standard and formulaic in which the numbers are the numbers. In the case of Tales of Sasha and Mathcaster, it's based on a algorithm that will make the questions more difficult, the better you are. So it always keeps you on your toes and it always becomes harder and ensures that you're at the right level you should be so for someone such as myself who's not too good with maths even though i should be you know as as i begin the game would progress progress and become more difficult over time if i reach a section where i begin to get the questions wrong or struggle the difficulty will roll back until i begin to feel more comfortable and once you reach that comfortable level, it will begin to increase again. So it's it's dynamic. It keeps you on your toes. And the game itself develops with, with your own skills as you go. And that's the cool thing. It's
7: really nice. I mean, actually, honestly, when I was doing Mathcaster, I was doing really well. And it actually got to the point where it was giving me numbers where I was like, okay, this is where I'm struggling. I actually need to work on this. And I did not expect a game for kids to do that for me. So I actually was very pleasantly surprised.
2: Yeah. And I, I love, honestly, I love the way that it actually, it, it grows with the, it, it keeps up with the individual, right? Because it also has too, and you don't see it in this, um, the demo, but um, you actually can
7: earn, in this case, you earn ribbons. um, yep. And so you can collect things like a, for a job well done. And so it's a really cool thing to get you to come back and, and keep collecting things. If you're somebody that likes to collect, whether it's achievements or ribbons or what have you, um, it, it's really cool for that. So, I mean, I would, I would definitely say again, if you're a parent teacher, whatever, um, tales of Sasha is, uh, on Alexa. And so is MathCaster. Uh, give them both a try and, uh, put them in front of your students and, and kids and see how they like them.
2: Yeah, definitely. And, and the other thing too, um, about both of these, uh, about both of these educational skills is that they just provide a different level of learning. You know, some, uh, some people are very good at, at audit auditorial learning. Uh, for me, I'm a visual learner and uh, other people are good at auditory and this is going to help them bridge that gap. So uh, as always, I, I would suggest uh, going and enabling these skills and, um, and giving them a try. And, I, and a really it, quick
7: note actually about um, skills and, and something that some people don't know um, with a lot of skills, you actually can just open them without enabling them. So uh, you actually have a cool shortcut to playing something. So you won't yep. actually necessarily have to go find it. You can just tell your device to open the skill
2: and it will enable it and play it for you. Yep. And and that was another thing that, uh, that we actually incorporated into all of our skills that we produce is achievements. So where you have these documents that you could find in escape 63rd, you have ribbons and tells of Sasha and you have badges in MathCaster, and you have to um as you ascend up the ladder um so to speak you get more of these achievements and you get more of them for unlocked sure. and it has you coming back and uh and wanting more from the from the uh, source material so it's it's an awesome thing and uh, i hope um everyone out there gives them a try because uh they're definitely worth your time the most for sure deep. and uh,
7: I was going to say, Poptail might be a, a thing to touch on really quick. I mean, we kind of mentioned it at the top, didn't we? But
2: Yeah. And um, yeah, so uh, real quick, though, we do have one person that has their hand raised. Oh, Mitchell.
0: oh it's Mitchell, yeah. Yeah,
2: yeah. so uh, I think he might have a question. Um, can we go to him real quick? Sure.
0: Hey, guys, great job. I have one oh, suggestion you. for you. Yes. Make our games also for PCs.
2: Oh, oh mitchell thank you so much for bringing that up um we are actually in the process of creating our games to work within web browsers so that is coming that will be coming shortly that'll be excellent yes and we're looking for that to uh to to be right around the quarter uh, corner probably uh, the next quarter or two we will have that ready for our official launch of our platform that we created called Fabula because we we noticed that there was this you know if you want to design something for Amazon you want to design something for Google the different languages right you know different you know they speak differently to uh, to the devices well we sort of standardized that across the board so if you build something um, if we build a skill for Amazon Alexa, in theory, it will run on Google Assistant as well, and it will also run in a web browser. So yes, Mitchell, great, co- uh, great question, great comment, and yes, it is on the way. And, um, and with that being said, I kind of want to turn it over to Adrian for the last section that we have, and this is in relation to Poptel. Now, Poptail uh, is our website where we house a lot of this interactive audio entertainment and Adrian is the community manager of that so he could probably speak to that a little bit more uh, in detail uh, Adrian
6: Thank you Nick I will uh, I'll try and keep it uh, keep it short and uh, to the point um, So what we are, are looking to do with with poptail poptail.com is to create a home for these interactive audio games. So it is a a growing market. Not many people are really aware of them, but there are a lot of big names and brands that are getting behind them, uh, ranging from Nickelodeon to Sony Pictures, also over to the guys at DC Comics who produce Wonder Woman and all these various comics. So there are a lot of people in this space at the moment creating these new skills, these new games, as Nick mentioned that you know can currently be played through smart speakers through mobile phones, and for whatnot and we really want to create a easy way for for people to find these new games to find these new forms of entertainment and to to really have a one-stop shop for everything they need to know, be it from how to play them, where to find them, the latest news. As Liam mentioned, we we have a delightful stream by Liam every week where he showcases one of his skills and just how easy they are to play and how enjoyable they can be at times. So we we really are trying to make a, a home the the interactive audio entertainment space and as it is a a new growing space a new growing industry with a lot of exciting things going on there tends to be a lot of content coming through so and a lot of it flies
7: under the radar and and so like like you know adrian saying our our kind of goal is to not only just be a one-stop shop but to tell you about things that you might not have known about because you just you know, didn't search the store or just didn't know where to look or what to look for. I've actually doing these streams for, uh, I started doing them in June. I've actually learned about a lot of skills that I never knew about. And and some of them I'm really enjoying and loving.
2: Yeah. And, and again, you know, just having all of them housed in one central location where you can go ahead and uh, uh, sort of see older articles and read over the material and pick the one that's right for you is definitely worth its weight in gold we went ahead we went ahead and uh and we try to set a standard um as far as like partnerships and critiquing so that we're providing you with the best uh content in audio interactive entertainment and um uh, one of the skills that Liam recently did, he did a um, one called iron Falcon, which actually had uh, a voiceover work done by Matthew Mercer. That one was and, fun. Yeah. And I don't know and, if I'm
7: supposed to have favorites or not. Like, I, I don't know if that's we never, <laughs> if you're actually discussed that. Yeah. <laughs> we never discussed if I'm allowed to say if I'm something's my favorite, but um, iron Falcon was, is definitely one of my favorites. And honestly, if you go and I've, I've, Pretty sure we've got the youtube linked up there and uh i think we've talked about doing and I, I it kind of just hit me we probably should do a podcast feed for those that are into that um mm-hmm. adrian's like oh no you just gave me more work <laughs> um but uh it might be something i i know for a lot of people uh, you know don't really do youtube i don't know how many viewers out there uh listening are, are really into youtube so we may uh have to try to put those in another format for you to enjoy. But I think you would enjoy them. Uh, And and again, the cool thing about these games and and Nick touched on it. And I I do want to say like, you know, coming from somebody that is visually impaired, it might mean a little bit more, but these are games that no matter what your visual acuity is, you can enjoy them the same way that everyone else enjoys them. And it's really kind of cool. It puts everyone on the same playing field. We can all have fun together, and uh, okay. I think it's cool. My my girlfriend's really into a uh, a song quiz song quiz that she plays, um, and like I mean, she's really into that. She does um, puzzle of the day, which I do too, actually. Um, I just actually accidentally broke my forty day streak of playing that game. Um, but there's so many cool games out there that I I feel like people don't know about, and so our goal is to kind of like you know just teach you about these games and, and say like, listen, yeah. Okay. You can cook uh, and use your thing for your speaker for directions and for cooking and as a timer and to play ACB media, of course, but you can also play games on it.
2: Yeah. And you know what? One of oh, what one of my favorites are um, is journey 3000. And, yes. and now this is, this is a really, really cool one. So I had a chance to interview the guy on a podcast on the, on a podcast that I do and he's from the Netherlands and he actually bought the rights to a lot of the Choose Your Own Adventure stories.
7: Yeah. I don't know if you guys remember those people might, you ever in the libraries and the, and I don't know how many actually got turned into Braille. So I I do, I had to have someone read them to me, but choose your own adventure books used to be huge. Was that, um, Mm -hmm. I think it was scholastic and now it's somebody else owns it, but they were the books where they'd be like, if you want to go through the door on the left, turn to page four, otherwise turn to page seven. And um, they were stories that you would uh, read mm -hmm. and then choose,
2: well, choose your own adventure. And what's really cool about this is that they actually went ahead, uh, had a professional narrator come in uh, in order to narrate this this book. And based on that, it tracks the different endings and also the progression that you've gone through in the game. I think I'm at like 98% complete. But so I've you've almost got all old. the endings. I've only got like well, nine or ten of them. Well, no. What's really weird about it is I'm at 98% complete, but I got all 32 endings. Oh, So, you know, it's like one turn I didn't take somewhere, right? Yeah. But it was really, really interesting to go through this and actually see the different, you know, see the different uh, endings that were in the book. Like right away, the guy asks you, hey, do you want to go on an adventure? And if you tell him no, he's like, oh, okay, well. Never mind, then. We'll see you later. See you later. Yep. (laughs) Um, One of
7: the cool things, too,
2: is about uh,
7: the skills is they all have different levels of um, production quality. And one of the cool things, again, you know, I kind of push the Poptail Weekly thing kind of hard. But uh, if you're like, well, this skill sounds cool. I wonder how it actually sounds. Um, Obviously, yeah, you could go try it. But if you're like, you know what? I don't know. Um, So you can check out Poptail Weekly and, and watch me try it.
2: Yeah, and uh, sometimes
7: watch me fumble around a little bit till I figure out what I'm doing. But
2: yeah, especially if like one of them has, uh, you know, because cause we do a live a live show every weekly. And that's the one thing. Oh, live. and it's live too. So I mean,
7: there are no there they can no, mess up. Uh, sometimes no the skill
2: is uh, the skills under maintenance. So Liam's sometimes there, I mess up, picking another picking another one. Yeah. so... Yeah, it's uh, it's definitely an interesting time. Um, but anyhow, if you can uh, go on over to poptel.com, uh, check it out, check us out, and there you'll be able to find a bunch of stuff to occupy your free time and to let you just uh, you know um, relax a little bit and enjoy the uh, the audio, um, the interactive audio entertainment. Yeah. And now we can open up the floor to uh, any yeah, questions. Say,
7: whatever, if, uh, yeah, I was just going to say, I wonder if you guys have any questions. Even, I, I, you know, Larry, if, if you have questions too, you can ask.
0: I Well, I actually do have one because I, I know oh. because I've read some of the documentation that you sent along, but, uh-huh. but I'm not sure everybody knows how you particularly would spell Poptail for Poptail.com. Oh, it is
2: P O P T A L E.com. Tail is in story, not tail like a uh, tail yep. on the dog.
0: Yep. But I, yep. some people are going to get a different side if they do the other one. So it's. Yeah. Like, yeah. I don't know what you're going <laughs> to
7: get. You might want to be careful. You never know what the internet these days. Yeah. Yeah. You
0: uh, never know. <laughs> <laughs> so are most of these games free or do they have cost associated with them? So most of the one is
2: so uh, cursed painting um, and uh, the cursed painting is completely free to play. A Starfinder, there's a first first two three uh the first two missions are free. I think it's um, actually
7: Nick, I think it's the first one. The, fir- okay, the might, first okay it might one. be the tutorial, I oh, think is the is tutorial free. And, and the first mission. Is the first one free? Okay, I'm sorry, because for whatever reason I thought um, Yeah.
2: So so the the majority of them do have like a paid premium component, but uh again, it's nothing that is um uh, overwhelming. And I know uh, for
7: Starfinder there is a, a season pass so you can pay yeah. once and get the entire um, you know, I guess 2 through 6 I don't know why I thought it was 1 through 6, I apologize um, I bought it years ago and so I always forget what the, um, but I will tell you one cool thing, if you have Prime uh, if you are a Amazon Prime subscriber, most skills have a slight discount attached
2: to them Yeah, it's 20% so you get 20% off of uh, your purchase of any Amazon Alexa uh, in skill product. Yeah, very so. cool.
7: I actually did not know that till I started getting. I'm like, wow, how am I saving a
2: random amount of money? What's going on? Um, but, but it we, is really cool. So, but we've baked in a lot of um, we baked in a lot of uh, uh, usability even for people who don't pay anything, because the biggest thing that we want to do is just get out there and let people know that this exists and to, and to help people uh, relax, recharge and just enjoy their, themselves and get their minds running and, you know, and to create that sort of uh, atmosphere and ambiance like reading a good book. Yeah. We want that. We want that to be the comparison to uh, to what we're trying to do. the interactive audio community
7: yeah i was gonna say every skill has a slightly different pricing model some games have in-game currency it's kind of rare um you don't see it too often um but um microtransactions have become a big deal um but you know there is no you're not going to pay 50 60 for a game it's not going to be like going and buying a full video game they're all very affordable it's kind of Mm -hmm. like maybe buying an audio book or something um they're all very yep. reasonable or, you know, buying an album or album. I don't know what albums cost nowadays. I think it depends on the album. But uh, it's it's all I think it's all really reasonable. And it's definitely something that if you are a little tight on cash, um, it's still something you may be able to spring for. And uh, you will get a lot of enjoyment out of it. I mean, Starfinder is what? And like 13 hours, some crazy amount.
2: Yeah, a lot of these games have just, like, an exorbitant amount of content. Uh, and the cool you know. thing
7: is they're replayable. So with Starfinder, yeah. I, I did those two choices, and that actually gave me a, um, I was a, what was I, a pirate? Um, yeah. But the cool thing is, depending on your choices, you'll get completely different classes, and those classes do completely different things. And actually, one of the classes actually has a um, companion that you wear on your belt that is referred to from time to time. So, like, there's completely different,
2: things going on even with escape 63rd there's three different endings and each choice helps you to arrive at one of those three different endings yeah so you could go back and replay it several times in order to get these different endings uh the other thing i wanted to point out is that we've noticed that a lot of the um a lot of the good constructive feedback that we've received over the past uh, year of us being in this production market of creating these interactive games uh, a lot of that has come from beta testers and if you want to become a beta tester uh, you can go over to poptell.com and then get your foot in the door and get some exclusive content whenever we we ping you and ask you if you want to become part of our beta testing community and it's really easy the only thing you got to do is go over to poptell.com scroll down, uh, sign up for our newsletter. And then, uh, we will, we will enter you into your beta testing pool. And if there's something that comes up that, that we need testers for, we do reach out and, uh, and, uh, provide, and, uh, provide people with opportunities to test our products. And
7: and without saying too much, because I, I, you know, don't want to get fired. Um, because, you know, um, we have we have a lot of really, I mean, we have a lot of really cool stuff. Yeah. I would say that that's in the pipeline. There's was, stuff yeah, that I don't even, get,
2: there's stuff I don't yeah. even know about.
0: I was
7: going
2: yeah, to ask.
0: Go ahead. Go ahead, Nick.
2: No, I was going to say you get to experience this stuff before anybody else gets to touch it. True. We send you, we send you links. Uh, everything is uh, pretty easy to set up. If you need help, I'm always available. Adrian's always available um and we we help you through the process and get you i'm going. always
7: available too. see yep. I, he was going to say liam's always available so i'm just beating him to it
0: <laughs> uh larry what were you going to say uh mitchell asked earlier about the possibility of having some of these games appear on pcs and i'm curious are there other things in the works uh with regard to things that you can discuss that you're working on and planning on for the future
2: well, um, like I said, I think what we want to try to do at this point is get to a place where every single uh, IP that we have is playable through a web browser. So we want to make sure that that is available. But Can, there are, can you, are you there talk
7: there, about the the one thing that they signed? you signed a few months ago that you can at least oh, say that know. that's a thing, right? There can we not?
2: Oh, I don't know. Ask Adrian. Adrian, can we talk be,
6: about it? Would that be I mean, bots? We, we could
2: say that, right? Well, I mean, oh you just yes, did. yes, of
6: course, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> You just did.
2: Yeah. So, if you were, if you know, if you grew up in the '80s and you knew uh, anything about Bard's Tale and and wanted to relive that, we do have that coming out probably prior to the holiday season, and that'll be coming to a voice a voice assistant near you.
7: And and Bard's Tale is an amazing series made by Brian Fargo. It was an amazing classic computer game um i spawned i think countless sequels i think there's still sequels coming out today um just amazing uh product and what is being worked on is very cool and i think people are going to really enjoy it
0: yeah how do you find out when these new things are coming does is it a newsletter situation or does your a device tell you or how does that work
2: so, we try to put things out through our, our newsletter. We have a, a, monthly newsletter that goes out and we, and we say, hey, you know, uh, try this game if you're into this, 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 or this. And then also we will include, uh, beta testing opportunities baked into the, uh, the newsletter itself. So and we're how having- How can these, uh, someone get to the newsletter, Nick? Uh, just by going- Oh, you can actually also, um uh, subscribe via email at community at wonderword dot net. Uh, if you wanted to subscribe to the email or subscribe to the newsletter through traditional email uh, exchange, can, but, can you spell wonderword really quick? Um, w- yes, wonderword yeah. is not spelled with an O; it is spelled with an A.
7: So wander, so, wander word.
2: Yep, Yeah. wander. So it'd be community at wonderword. and that is w a n d e r w o r d dot net and um and yeah so uh uh, we we have the beta testing opportunities that are through there and as we foster relationships with people like even with liam right we were in a crunch one time and and my device wasn't working something was happening with it and adrian picked up the phone and was like liam you got to do this for us and, and he was like, Yes, it's working and we're like, okay. I, I, well
7: I think my first response was Adrian, it's four in the morning here in America. But um <laughs> then after that I was like, Yes, I got it.
2: Um, yep. sorry Adrian, I'm not trying to down you or nothing, but you know. But no, it was uh it, it's it's a cool opportunity and we want to foster as many relationships as we can with as many people as we can so that we can build the best products. Uh, And that's probably the uh, coolest
7: thing about beta testing. Something is you get to help shape the future of something and, and something that is great can be made even greater by your feedback and your comments and, and all those things.
2: Yeah. And if it's not good, let us know. Uh, we've got, we've got pretty thick skin. So, uh, you know, we uh, we take all the feedback necessary, and we we make appropriate changes based off of that. Um, I know we're coming up on six fifty-five. Uh, Adrian, uh, do you have anything on closing that you'd like to say?
6: I'd say it's uh, it's, it's been a pleasure and uh, and an honor to to have this space to present and uh, discuss what we do over here at One Word and Poptail. And but, yeah, I'm just uh, tremendously appreciative.
7: Awesome. And, uh, Liam, I know that uh, we really want to hit the post, so I'll make it really quick. Uh, that's radio talk for, you know, being on time. Uh, I, uh, really appreciate being back on main menu after all this time. I want to thank, uh, everyone for having me and I hope that you learned something and, uh, please check out Poptail, and we'd love to hear from you.
0: We'll have you back in another 18 years. All right, sweet. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> Gentlemen, it's been great. The hour has flown by. I learned a lot, and I'll keep uh, tuned to your website to learn more. Thank you, Adrian. Thank you, Nick, and thank you, Liam, for a, a great hour. And uh, Thanks for having us. Best of a pleasure luck. to be here. Best of luck to the company as well. Thanks again. And remember, next month here on Main Menu, one of the hours will be spent with Eric Damrey, and he'll tell us all about what's coming up in Jaws 20, 2022. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. Yes. So we're still working on other stuff as well. Go ahead, John. Oh, okay. And we haven't decided yet, or maybe Jeff hasn't decided yet what's going on in the uh, in the first hour. But when we we know more, we've talked about a few things, but we don't have anything confirmed yet. Right. Yeah. So, if you have questions or comments, you can write to us. And is, did the address change with the new no. ACB uh, platform? No. It used to be main menu at acbradio.org. Is it? Is it I think it, it still it's is. It's a different domain, uh, yeah. I thought. Of. Well, it. it pro- even if that's not correct anymore, it, it probably won't bounce. It'll probably get to somebody. No, next. it will. It'll still get there. Okay. Yeah. Anyway, uh, it is now uh, fifty-seven thirty-eight uh, in terms of the, the time frame here. So we're going to duck out, maybe just a little bit early. We thank you all very much for your questions and for listening to the show. And uh, we will be back probably toward the end of October with another main menu. And Jeff will be back with us at bedtime too. So good, thanks, John. Thanks to everybody, and we'll catch you next month on the 27th of October for more Main Menu.